My name is Josh Alvarez. And I'm Liam O'Donnell. And you're listening to episode 91 of Cinepunks. Cinepunks! Welcome, listeners. Welcome, listeners. Thanks for listening to uh, our previous episode, our year-end list episode. Yeah, or if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. I don't I don't feel like that had a... I'll be honest. I think year-end list episode is not a not huge, as huge, it's not a huge deal. thing for us. People yeah. aren't into it. No, I think that uh, they're not as charming as uh, our typical charming episodes where we address uh, simple and... Uh, complex movies no i get that and i <laughs> and i feel that but i just what i have to say to y'all is that um we have perfect taste we do we do and this so is true. you listen to that episode so you can catch up on all the shit you missed when you were watching fucking skyscraper right or whatever the other fucking thing that you ever fucking done. <laughs> and then you can recite okay, our lists as though okay. they were your own to That's your true. friends and have them think that you have that such discerning taste true. in movies and music i honestly <laughs> <laughs> We'll probably skip it again. You know, we skipped it last year. Right. We'll probably skip it again this year. Yeah. Because I, Every, we're only doing it on even years. Well, just because I was like, uh, you know, afterwards I was looking at it, I'm like, this has already changed. In the week after we did it. Yeah, it changed. I watched two more movies. I was like, yeah. oh, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. What are you going to do, though? You know what I mean? Like, it's just what it is. It's what I mean, it is, man. I mean, it's not, what it is. I'm not... I'm not I don't feel bad about it. I'm just saying <laughs> that the whole concept of it is both fun and dumb at the same time yeah yeah, because like you know i mean i guess there has to be a way to conceive of it that's more of like a year-end wrap-up as opposed to this is my list i want it only last well maybe at the year in 2020 we'll do a musical year-end list i mean where we sing all of our opinions of the year by 2020 this podcast will just be uh propaganda cast to get people right. to join the armed rebellion <laughs> in philadelphia of course of Come course to philly bring your bullets that's what it'll be just over and over again on the internet uh-huh for an hour and a half and yeah. occasional burp and cough well we're not going to get more professional just because no. we're just because we've joined fighting the, you know. man. yeah <laughs> i don't know i don't know that will hey jacob <laughs> There'll occasionally be pauses for us to sip coffee, so if you want to edit those out, that's fine. Or keep them in, Jake, if it's fuck, fine. We'll be an ASMR podcast. Whatever. Yeah, I just real. fucking realized you have a La Bamba shirt on. Yeah, with the best character in La Bamba on it, Isai Morales is Bob. Here's my thing with you and La Bamba: that you don't like La Bamba, nor do you recognize the no, genius for I what it is. It. No, I liked it when I was a kid. Right. I haven't tried to watch it since. You should. You only like La Bamba. Uh-huh. Because your man is in it. Lou Diamond Phillips, yeah. LDP. Yeah. Yeah. And Isai Morales. Well, yeah, yeah, sure. But the point is with that people should like La Bamba because they're... Uh, and Brian L- L- Setzer's in it? Because they're Latinx. <laughs> Not because <laughs> yeah. they happen to know a couple of Filipinos. <laughs> it's a half Filipino playing a Richie Valens. I do, I do recall seeing a picture of Richie Valens, like the, what actual like non-LDP Richie Valens look like, like yeah. Richie IRL, you know? And I was like, oh, man. Doesn't look anything like LDP. No, no. Just saying, just saying. I mean, you know, LDP is a unique gentleman. I'm not mad at him. And he's used his... He's Fili- a co-sponsor for the Filipino community of Southern New Jersey's annual picnic at Cooper River Park. He's used his Filipino heritage right, to get him any brown man. And I am one. But you know what I mean? Like yeah, any, yeah, yeah, anything, yeah. He, he's just like, what is it? So it's not a white character? Yeah, I could do that. It's this great. Chavez E. Chavez, the knife guy in Young Guns. Genius. Yeah. Brilliant acting. I, that he was skipped over for an Oscar those two years 
where he played that role is beyond me. But what do I know? Is this about, I mean, do you think part of his thing is just he can play Latinx characters forever because of the colonial history of the Philippines? He's just getting revenge. Did you see him with the knife in that movie? Okay. All Did right. you see him with hey, the knife in that movie? Hey, welcome to episode 91. On this uh, awesome episode, <laughs> I'm assuming, we'll see, or bad episode, <laughs> whatever it turns out to be, we're going to be uh, discussing two films from, from the illustrious... From the prolific... PM Entertainment Group. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, let's do a little behind the scenes for y'all. Look. Okay. We had some free time to get together and record in person. Thank That's you what to happened. everyone who's been listening to the episodes we've been doing remotely on Skype. And thank you, of course, to our official editor, Jacob. Jacob Roberts, who has been making those sound hopefully not too bad. Let's put it at the very least listenable. Yes. And uh, and we appreciate him for that. But there was an opportunity for us to get together in person. We hadn't picked a topic ahead of time. We had a potential guest. And then instead of letting that guest pick a topic, which he couldn't (laughs) come anyway, Josh is just like, we're doing we're fucking doing this shit. So really, let's be honest with each other. I chose this topic because of previous guest and uh, Cinepunk's friend, Rob Scavarla. Yeah, 100%. This is because of Rob. Because he was talking about PM Entertainment movies that were well, free on we were Amazon Prime. He was, like, he was like, you should cover this movie. So we're covering um, A Dangerous Place yeah. and Rage. Right. And he very specifically was like, you should cover Rage for Cinepunks. And I agree. Only usually... That would be then like three weeks or four weeks after that. After and the episode like, wherein Rob would be a guest. Yeah. But... We, we did it. We didn't do that. Two days later. Two day, literally two days. <laughs> and Rob is not a guest. So sorry, sorry Rob. Sorry, Rob. The, the door should it should be known. The door is always open for Rob to come through. Yeah, but we got a schedule. My man's got a job and stuff. He's a <laughs> yeah, student. I know. He's got stuff going on. But <laughs> I, I will say this: um, this will be an interesting episode for us because we're largely unfamiliar with PM Entertainment, even though we're also not. When we so we just spent some time before we started recording looking through the list. Yeah, the PM Entertainment. Uh, it's not the definitive list, but you know, lists that we could find of their movies. And I'd say about half the movies sounded very familiar. At least familiar enough that when I saw the box covers, I was like, "Oh, that thing." Yeah, 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 yeah. A couple I know I've seen. I've seen um, uh, Ice mm-hmm. with. Uh, I already forgot her name. Cynthia Rothrock. No, I do want to find which of these movies are Cynthia Rothrock, Rothrock movies. For those of you yeah. who don't know, Cynthia Rothrock was a uh, you know is she British? I don't know. She did karate though. She's did a lot of martial arts movies, yeah. both in and out of Hong Kong. And I've only gotten to see I think three of no four of her movies now. Mm-hmm. And I know that's a small bit of what is a huge career. Yeah, and uh, but all four that I saw are fucking unbelievable just <laughs> she's just amazing so she now is an, she is I need a physical genius in the in the way that like you see an athlete like a basketball player or whatever to like do amazing things with the ball she's like that for uh martial arts i think like physical genius required to do these things that she's doing yeah i think that's fair so um so yeah. uh, i've seen i've seen um of the movies that are on the list i've seen maximum force <laughs> I've seen uh, Hollow, ho- so it's not Hollow Man. That would be really no, that's cool, different. Actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen Hologram Man, <laughs> uh, and I, I, you know, we, ma- I'm making fun of it a little bit, like <laughs> Hologram Man. It's like Hollow Man. Only I think we watched it thinking it was Hollow Man, and then we're <laughs> like, oh wait, no, this isn't Hollow. Hollow oh Man. wait a minute, yeah. But that's like the whole thing, from what I can gather about PM Entertainment. It's like they're not 
not quite what's it called? Uh, what's the company? Asylum. They're not quite no. Asylum. They're not quite. Yeah, uh, you know, which you know, no, no shit talk. Okay, Asylum, you did the thing. But I let's, mean, I would shit talk on Asylum. Those movies are bad. Yeah, they're bad. But they did them, so I get it. I don't know. I'm just saying. PM Entertainment movies are okay. Let me tell you a story. Do you remember Liam? Mm-hmm. The winter of 1994. Wait, real quick. Yeah. Ice is starring Tracy Lords. That's what I couldn't remember. Tracy Lords. Oh, oh, yeah. And I legitimately watched it because it was starring Tracy Lords. And right. And I was a horny 16-year-old. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, Tracy Lords. So here's the thing about this topic that makes it actually kind of fun and makes me pretty hyped to cover it. Yeah, go ahead. Do you remember the winter of 1994 in South Southern that, New Jersey? Oh, was that the blizzard of? Or was that the ice storm of 94? Ice storm or the blizzard 94. of 93. It was. Uh, it was both those years, but 94 had the ice storm. Okay, and um, it shut down school for like a week, if you remember. Two weeks. Two weeks. Because it was over Christmas break. Yeah, and so yeah, we yeah, were yeah. already out, and then it hit at the end of Christmas break, and, and then they it was just a whole another week. Break. Yeah, it was awesome. So, um, me and my crew in our neighborhood. Let's say something too. When we say ice storm, that for some of you who live in places like Chicago, it seems like probably not a big deal because we're in Philadelphia and it doesn't seem what. But there were like icicles from the power lines to the ground. Yeah, it was like some type of weird dark crystal like dystopia. You, like it, it looked like something magical. There was happened. enough snow that my friend built like a, a continuous snow tunnel almost around his entire house. That didn't wow. collapse for like a week. That's like amazing. it was just solid ice, ice snow. Yeah. So what ended up happening was we were stuck in our houses. So everybody mm-hmm. in my neighborhood, like my crew, we started a thing called the CMP or the crappy movie posse. And what it was was we'd all meet up after dinner at like six or whatever, and we would uh walk to the RX place, which was like sure. a pharmacy that was like about a mile and a half down the road from where all of our houses were, and they had a video rental portion that had all of these movies in them and uh i can honestly cite this as the beginning of my uh obsession with movies like this particular winter and it was me and my friend joe and bow wow and pat tomasetti and uh scott eastwood and richie rojas like all of those people we'd all just crew up go to the friendlies and eat like chicken fingers and then get like crazy like action movies or horror movies, and then take them to somebody's basement and watch them. And these were the kind of movies that were always on the rack. So going back to these to these right. two in particular right. felt very familiar to me, and it was very nostalgic of a time when there was literally no responsibility. For me, these were the baseline movies the, yeah. the, the, uh, from which the standout... Like, one of the things that blew me away the first time I saw a movie like Leon, mm-hmm. uh, which at the time I saw it as The Professional... right. Is that I thought it was a movie like one of these movies. Like <laughs> to me, these movies were baseline. This is what action is. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah, then yeah. a movie that was like a Euro art film pretending to be an action movie, yeah, like yeah, the yeah. professional, or a Hollywood movie, but that was really good, but mm. I was too young to remember that it had real hype. So to me, when I was this, you know, 14, 15, 16, what's the difference between, you know, uh LA gang war or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. and like die hard. Well, right. obviously, the difference is in the quality of the movie, but I was not into the culture enough to know, like, Bruce Willis is just the guy from, you know, Moonlighting or whatever. Bruno, the f- yeah. Whatever, whatever the fuck. songs on HBO or whatever you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, it, you know, it, it's hard to look at it now because now Die Hard is, like, canon. Yeah, it's like a cultural staple. But to me, it was like, oh, this is just 
another when those, one of these when movies. those movies are good you know and what i didn't understand is that those movies with these covers mm-hmm. it took me till the end of high school to realize oh these are never going to be it's not that this is one version of the same thing as all these other movies yeah these ones are just not good and they're fun and i'll watch them but i was not like oh these are like you know i i it, this is the beginning of my realizing right. that there were differences in where a movie was made and who made it and what that meant, you know, mm-hmm. as opposed and to the just quality saying, of the movie. <clears throat> movies fall to two sides, good and bad. It's like, well, I guess, <laughs> but actually, and now even now as an uh, older person, as I'm looking at the list, I'm going, oh, well, some PM entertainment movies are fucking fun as hell. And yeah, some yeah, yeah. are actual human garbage. Pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> terrible. Total waste. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, it's funny because as we were watching these movies, or as I was watching these movies, it definitely made me recall like a time that was hilarious and fun. And it's funny too because these were also the first times when I was hanging out with the crew watching movies, yeah, where I saw movies like The Boneyard or saw yeah. like Evil Dead or um, what's the other one? The other uh, Dead Meat. Um, they had that there. What's the other one though? Uh, Dead Alive. Sure. But also, this is the first time I ever saw Eight and a Half. This is the first time yeah. I ever saw. Um, the seventh seal, like th- these were those days. Yeah, when I just we whatever they had on the racks, that's what we picked. Yeah, typically if there was a, also like a lady on the box cover that looked like sexy or whatever, like, oh like, yeah, oh yeah, well we got to get that one. Of course we're gonna yeah. watch this. Well, look at that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, I don't know. It was uh this. I think. Well, thank you, Rob, for bringing this up. But also, this is like for me one of the uh, like a pretty joyful excursion. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it was just fun watching these. I movies. was trying to explain that to Suze. She thought this must have been something. So I was watching one of these movies that we're talking about today with my wife, and she was like, "Is there?" Her first question was, "Is Eric Roberts in this?" Because whenever <laughs> I'm watching a movie of this quality, it's for Eric Roberts. It's the fucking. <laughs> uh, and I said, "No, no, no." Josh picked this, and then she looked at me, and then we're looking at it. She's like, "You mean like a guest picked this?" And I was like, "No, no, 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 no." Josh picked this, and and then she was like. Okay, like for are you guys covering like bad movies or something, or <laughs> is the topic Corey Feldman or what's going oh, on? Man, Corey, F- yeah. And, and I was like, oh well, yeah. The topic is PM Entertainment, so that's that is a topic. Yeah. But in reality, like Josh picked this topic because he was just watching this movie and he liked it, <laughs> and she was so fucking confused <laughs> by that. And like on one hand, I I get where she's coming from because between the two, one of the movies, and we'll get into this when we get to the meat of the episode. I didn't really think it was that great, you know. Mm. But on the other hand, I kind of still understood why you were attracted to it because it is something like nostalgic and fun in a way. Yeah. And I think for her, she was like not feeling <laughs> no, like, not into the nostalgia. Is, what the yeah, fuck I'm a little is bit this? older than you guys. It's different. It's different for me. Yeah, I don't know, but I remember watching movies. I mean, watching that Corey Feldman movie. <laughs> we'll get into it, but I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you guys a little bit of a spoiler of what I think. It's just the gritty origins of all those Ninja Kids movies. Yeah. It's, there's a death in there. Like, I mean, it's legitimately... Corey Feldman is there as the star power, and the star of the movie is there because he's a kung fu guy. Yeah. Or not kung fu, karate. But he's like he's a child karate champion, and it's like his vehicle. And that becomes painfully <laughs> obvious when he fights Corey Feldman because Corey Feldman is the only actor in the film who can't do his own stunts. 
Uh, it's so, like, edited so edited every, so masterfully. I mean, y'all know this. When you watch a fight scene in a real martial arts film, you don't have that thing where there's all these crazy stunt doubles because the stars of the movie do the things. That's why they're stars. They do the things that you want them to do. The only person in this movie who needs a stunt double is Corey Feldman. <laughs> and he does some kicks and stuff. It's not like he doesn't do anything. But there are any scene that involves like real fighting. It's definitely I would also not him. I would also venture to say that this is maybe the height of cocaine Corey Feldman. Like this is oh, like no, no 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 This is dude, it's rough. Oh, he's definitely cocaine Corey Feldman, but the height? No, no, no. That was to come a few years. You, I would you, say uh, late nineties is height. Oh, you think that he hit I'm not talking about a peak, I'm talking about the height. Like this is like this is right before the backslide. Yeah, I don't think he really washed up and became a total loser till the 2000s, but I could be wrong. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, you know, before we get to that. I know. This is such a long. Well, let's start off with this. We want to, uh, this episode is brought to you, uh, as every episode and everything on the site is brought to you, by our awesome supporters on Patreon. On Patreon. On Patreon. Um, we love all our fans. Anyone who listens, we think you're great. We're so glad that you listen. But we got to say what up to all the Patreon people because they put their money where their ears are. Is that a thing? Put your yeah. money where yours are? Uh, and, you know, we we also, we owe them. We don't just owe them because they give us money, but we owe them because uh, we are the worst at supplying <laughs> Patreon content. We, we actually had planned to get together last week to record oh, Patreon Oh, we moved content. it a while ago. Yeah, though. yeah, no, that didn't work. It, it didn't work. It wasn't going to work out. So, And we might record something extra today. I don't fucking know. Who fucking cares? Yeah, we're going to do that shit. We do what we want. We do what we want. No that's rules. Bad. No this gods. Is, no, yeah. This took a bad no, turn. We're here to like yeah, this one this went awry. And thank people. Uh, anyways, so thanks to everyone who supports us on Patreon. If you're interested in checking out the Patreons to see some of the uh, options and uh, sometime soon to hear some of the cool extra johns mm -hmm. uh go ahead on over and uh there's a link on every aspect of cinepunks.com um and i think the website's just patreon.com backslash cinepunks so check it out um we also want to say thanks to our official sponsor lehigh valley apparel creations xlvacx.com yeah they they screen print stuff do you have a band or a sporting team or a podcast or something you're trying to promote you should get some T-shirts or some long T-shirts or, or some posters. Yeah, posters, hoodies, stuffs, jaquetas, whatever you want to get. Koozies. <laughs> People still have koozies. Yo, the Krosky's koozies have been going like crazy. Yo, I don't. I don't yeah, whatever. I'm not a drinker, so I guess I don't understand a koozie. But I don't know, man. I like having I've, warm hands and cold beverages. I don't know about you, but for me, that's a thing. I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Don't even worry about it. I've there. never had a drink so cold <laughs> that, that you I thought, required a koozie. Fuck, this thing is too cold to hold. <laughs> this shit is too cold to hold. Too cold to it's, hold. I mean, it's definitely too hot to handle, but is it also <laughs> too cold to hold? That's you can the ask the Ghostbusters and Bobby Brown. That's who you should ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that you immediately got that reference. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, xlvacx.com. Go there. Check it out. Chris Reject isn't straight edge. Okay. Um, <laughs> So, uh, I think the next thing we do is... Yeah, there's um, a thing that we do at this part of the show, typically. I don't know. Do you have your clipboard? Yeah, it's it's clipboard something. It's, uh, I think it might be called... Whack It On track. track! Oh, my God. It feels so good to do it in person again. Because uh, we've been doing it remote, and we've been missing. <laughs> we've been missing the cue, Liam. 
I don't know. I felt like I felt like Jacob might have fixed it for us in post. Jacob's so good to us. He's Jacob, very you're good so good to us. us. You're very good, Jacob. <laughs> so, okay. Whacking on track. What have you done, Liam, lately that was whack? And what have you done lately that is on a That's a good question, man. Mm-hmm. Good question. I know. I asked the good ones. That's a good question. That is what I do. Okay. So let me start with uh, on track. Um, I saw a little movie called... Madeline's Madeline. It's probably, I don't know about this. probably one of those movies that should have been on my end of year list. It was definitely on my things I want to watch before the end of the year, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. Uh-huh. Um, Madeline's Madeline is directed by Josephine Decker, who um, you should know if you appreciate such films as um, That Was Mild and Lovely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And other movies I don't know. That's the only one of hers I've seen before. Um, what is this one? Oh, Butter on the Latch. I've heard of Butter on the Latch. They're both on uh, Shutter right now. That was mild and lovely, and Butter on the Latch. Yeah, hmm. uh, I like that was mild and lovely. <laughs> I can't say it naturally. Uh, I like that movie. <laughs> that a lot. was mild and <laughs> lovely. Uh, and then um, who's in this movie? Uh, Helena Howard, Molly Parker, Miranda July. Oh. Uh, yeah, it's whatever happened to Miranda July. She did that those couple movies. Yep. And then I just haven't heard about her since. Well, she's in this and she's very good. I mean, yeah. so it's a it's a film uh very explicitly about mental illness. And mm-hmm. there's a young lady who has something going on with her. It's not ever entirely clear, but she's definitely had problems in the past. Mm-hmm. She has an overbearing, anxious mother who probably also has mental illness issues, but has never had any sort of episode. So the daughter has been diagnosed as something and has had a time where she had to go to be in the hospital. The mother is supposed to be the like healthy support system. She seems just as crazy to me, played mm-hmm. by Miranda July. And you know that yeah. nervous energy that Miranda July has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of that is on display to the point of like, it's too, it's almost too much, mm. and as part of her coping, um, this young woman who's had these uh, mental health issues, uh, the character's name obviously is Madeline, played by Helena Howard. I don't know if Helena Howard's been in anything else, but she's very good in this, uh, and the, and she's joined a improv group, and so she's part of this improv theater group. And it was really just I think a way for her to meet people. Mm. The movie isn't too concerned with backstory, and it's not too concerned with exposition. You just figure out things as it moves along. Mm-hmm. And it's very into handheld, unfocused, yeah, you know, stuff sort of floating in and out of frame, and a lot of interpretive stuff to get you to feel as an audience member the anxiety and the weird reality bending stuff going on. Because as this young woman moves forward in the group, two things are happening at the same time. One, the leader of the group, uh, who let me get this actress's name, Molly Parker. She, uh, she's you. She's so basically, when you're in one of these improv theater groups, you have a central idea, and then you're improving around it to sort of create the work together as a troupe. Mm. She's slowly changing what it is they're doing until it's clearly about Madeline. It's Madeline's life, actually. Oh, that's what the work starts to become about her, and it's really clear that it, she's being exploited. On the other hand. The group is on both helping her and hurting her in that. It's helping her sort of get out of herself and get out of whatever. But then in the ways that it's reenacting her 
trauma with her mother and her difficulties with her mother, it's causing her to kind of lose touch with reality a little bit. Mm. And so the film sort of goes back and forth with reality and her both being able to and not being able to interact with people and seeing all these, there's all these like very weird scenes of the group doing the things they do to get into the space, you know, mm. acting like animals, making weird noises. If you've never seen, I mean, I've definitely read reviews of people of this movie who've never seen improv theater. Really? And they're like, I don't know, there's all these parts where people are grunting, I don't understand what's happening. And I'm like, yeah, this is, that's what you do. Like, they just don't know that Man. this is what that world is. You know if how you... blissful it must be to have no concept of... <laughs> of imp- Dude, Stop come on, it. man. Let's be honest with each other, Liam. Have you ever watched improv theater and thought to yourself, like, yeah, well, thank God I'm here. Yeah, I love it, actually. I'm no, a, I'm you a, don't. I'm a huge you fan. You do not. I am a huge you fan. You cannot, no. 100%. Oh, my God. Especially if it involves dance, too. Which oh, is group no. Dance. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Give me all of the... Improv dance. You're into it. You're like, the, well, oh, snap. It, it Let's starts, do this. It's not fully improv, right? It starts with improv is the process by which you get to the material. Right. The material is rehearsed, but you get there through the exploration. Yeah, it's so much so that the idea of going to other things that aren't that is like very much to me like, oh, I'm a suburban housewife, <laughs> so that's why I'm going to see this other thing. Oh my! Because if not, then I want to know what the how long you guys work together to come up with what it is I'm watching. Yeah, I love it. I'm 100 percent behind it. I'm so the polar opposite from you. I know this. you want to see cats, and I want to see some people in a basement in Center City with glowing balls throwing them at each other and going hoopa hoopa. <laughs> some of some of the so Melania and I always make it a point to try and go to the Fringe Festival, Fringe mm-hmm. Arts kind of plays and mm-hmm. all that stuff. And we have been privy to a bunch of these improv, yep. in the moment theatrical performances. Yep, there was one in a in a in a warehouse in South Philly where you just had to walk around. Yeah, and the actors were just kind of free flowing. Yeah, and you just talked to people, and it just looked like a party with trees growing out of the floor. Yeah, I'm, uh, that sounds that's, really cool. That's your thing. You're into that. I mean, I've only been to a few of those. The ones I've been to are, are more the dance ones, yeah, in which you're working out something through movement. Uh, not only do I like them, that's I've had fringes where I only went to those because th- my friends were in them, and so I went to go see friends. Dude, this is blowing my mind right now. Yeah, I don't. I, in fact, the idea. Of going I think you were good to have kept this to yourself for, this whole time. For me, yeah. the only other things that are at Fringe is some asshole with a, all of Fringe is either this dance stuff, which uh-huh. I like, uh-huh. or some shithead with a one man play or one woman play that I don't want to see because it's bad. Right. And then there's on the top of Fringe are a couple of like real ass theater things some of which are very good and some of which are very bad right and i will take the small group doing the weirdo dance over, over like the very bad thing. real performance oh, okay, all okay. The to- every time 100 wow. uh in fact the only one of the like actual expensive real performances i've, I've been to i've only been to two that were good mm-hmm. one was um about edgar Allan poe oh yeah yeah i saw the brat productions did that yeah, one that was, yeah that, that was, was pretty great. good did you see any of the pig iron ones um i've been to a couple and thought they were bad um, Pig Iron, and then I l- really liked the one where um, it's about the person is um, going through Alzheimer's, and then at a certain point, a big picture of Jesus shows up, and they throw shit at Jesus's face. You were into that? That was it. Was doing. really good. Yeah, I definitely <laughs> went. I definitely went being like, "This is going to be some bullshit," and then, and then I was like, "Oh shit, this is like one of the better." And the, there's a shit smell that comes with it too. They yeah, the theater with shit. Wow. Smell. 
It was really that good. is an immersive theatrical it's a, it's experience. It's, it's, yeah. it's an Italian director. It did really well in Italy. Oh and they my brought god! For there was one that I saw that was Judy and Punch, and it was a whole marionette production that was amazing. I mean, and I went they to did one, that at the I, church. I went the, to one that's a German Warshak or whatever. I and mean, maybe not. I mean, it's Polish. Yeah, maybe it's German. Maybe uh-huh. it's German. It's a old German uh, ter- uh, impressionist play, mm. very political, whatever. I, I like that one a lot. Right. But uh, my experience with Fringe Fest, now don't get me wrong, I'll go see fucking cats or whatever <laughs> bullshit you want to see. <laughs> Actually, I hate cats, but like I like Les Mis, that's fine. Right, okay. But for me with theater, if you're like my friends who just graduated from UArts, uh-huh. Have basically been doing this inter, you know, this interactive dance thing for six months. Uh-huh. Now they've got kind of a show cobbled together out of their work. I'm like, what's what's the venue? Yeah. Oh, it's okay. in the basement of a store. Yeah, that sounds good. Let's go to that. That sounds like fun. This is amazing. So I'm it. sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack. Let me let me even say, my friend who does this, Sam Tower, who I think is really amazing. Uh huh. She was in New Paradise Laboratories and a bunch of various organizations uh she's right now has a group that does interactive theater for children and we brought Maeve to their experimental we're trying this thing out thing and how'd it go it's great did Maeve love it's it it's fucking great yeah she was weirded out for a little bit because yeah, that, she was like what am i doing at improv no, theater no no dad no, 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 you're no, supposed no. to protect me from quite these the things? Op- quite the oh. opposite it was my fault because she started immediately playing with shit that is there for you to play with uh-huh. but i thought we hadn't gotten started yet, so I kind of uh, like pulled her back. Right. And that meant that she was more in the mode of watching when they started doing weird shit, whereas the other kids had started to run around already. Mm-hmm. So when the actors, or I guess they're not actors, the performers started to do weird shit, the kids were already playing, so they just went along with it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Maeve was like, oh, I get it. It's a show. And she just <laughs> sat down and just watched. And that's like not what it's for. No. It's supposed to be... You know, they're making weird noises and they're interacting with the kids and they're doing this stuff and it's fucking brilliant. But yeah. my daughter was like, Oh, it's like uh it's like Steven Universe. Yeah, I'll <laughs> sit on mom's lap and I'll watch it. And I'm like, oh, that's not what and, uh. and she only went into that space because I stopped her from doing what she wanted to do naturally, which is she walked into the room and then started. There's all this interactive shit and she was just yeah. like, I'm gonna go play with that shit. Yeah. And I was like, No, 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 come on. We have to wait for this. Yeah, that was stupid. I, I personally fucked up her experience of it. Right. Now by the end, she had finally been like, I've been watching too much and now I'm gonna do stuff. Mm. And she ended up finding this big pillow that looked like a log. It was part of the set. Uh-huh. And she just started bouncing on it, and then that caused her to like participate more. Yeah, and she was in it. And there's like a was a light board you could play with. Oh, nice. There's a whole thing. Fair enough. I know you think I'm a crazy person now. I do. Yes. Well, watch Madeline's Madeline. Cause it's a really <laughs> good movie. It's very emotional. Yeah, it's about mental health and, and improv art. Two of my favorite things in movies. Uh, whatever. <laughs> you know what, dude. Okay, uh, other things. I don't want to take too long. I'm sorry. I'm right, so right, long. right. No, that's good. Uh, I watched two movies that I meant to mention on Horror Business and I forgot, so I'm going to mention them now. You Might Be the Killer? Oh, yeah, I watched that. Uh, what did you think? It was okay. I thought it was funny seeing the guy from um, The Cabin in the Woods in there. Yeah, I, I, I like him. I like the rest of the cast, too. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a little too tug-in-cheek for me, I'm going to say. I mean, okay, it was based off of a humorous Twitter conversation. Right. The whole movie is developed from two guys talking on Twitter. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No, I That's didn't. That's the only reason to watch the movie, because you know that. I have no idea. I just went I was like, oh, check out what's on Shudder, because I love Shudder. Hey, Shudder, I love you guys. And Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, no. Do you know Chuck, who Chuck Wendig is? I think I follow him on Twitter. Yeah, he's a writer. If y'all don't know, he's a writer who's pretty well known. He kind of got in trouble recently, because he was arguing with Trump people on Twitter, and that got him kicked off of the Star Wars book 
that he helped create. Wow. Uh, also lives in the Lehigh Valley, so that's how I know who he is. Hey, maybe he he's should like, be a guest on the little show that we got here. Well, I don't know. He's pretty pretty well known, but we'll see. Anyways, point is, he started talking to some other writer I don't know uh, on Twitter about this, like, they just started joking about an idea for a horror movie and it went on and on and on until it was like hundreds of tweets back and forth of them like hashing this idea out. Yeah. And then the next day they were contacted by a company that was like, can we option your Twitter conversation? <laughs> they were like, I guess. <laughs> Lo so, and behold. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. This is the movie. Uh, I think it was a little too meta too. And it, yeah. it, and especially, so the part of the meta-ness that works is uh, Willow from Buffy. Buffy is in this comic shop, which, by the way, I don't think is a real comic shop. It if didn't it, look real to me. It if it like was, staged. I would go now. Yeah, the, it looks so awesome. Cool. Yeah, it looked yeah, too yeah. awesome to actually exist. Right. Um, I like the part where he's talking it through with her, and mm-hmm. her, as a narrator, gives it some of the structure it needs. Mm-hmm. But all the cards are on the table such that there's no surprises, mm-hmm. and nothing is that compelling, and... I don't know. It's I, all of a sudden I'm making it sound like shit. It's not that it's shit. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But in order for the meta ness to work, there has to be something else for me to care about. If it's all meta, then it's not there. And then I just didn't. I didn't care about any of the characters enough mm-hmm. for me to care. Other than the main dude, and it, like he's you know whatever. I don't want to give it away. It was if you were someone who just wants to watch a slasher movie and you were like, oh, it's different. Mm-hmm. Cool. Hey, there you go. Yeah. But it's not that compelling. No. And then I also watched a movie. Have you heard of this movie called um, Soft Matter that came out this year? No. So um, someone was talking about how weird it was and how much they liked it. Mm. And I said I had never even heard of it. And they sent me a link for the same director made a short film. Mm-hmm. That has a friend of the show, uh, Rocky Juarez, is in it in the beginning. And mm. the, that movie um, is called Slow Creep. And it's these kids rent a movie. And it opens with Rocky, who works at the video store in Austin, saying, This movie's, you can rent this movie, but it's haunted. And they're like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're He's like, No, but I'm not joking it's like literally haunted like there's a <laughs> creature who will come and try to kill and they're like yeah whatever just rent us the movie and he's like all right uh okay here it is here's the cost now have fun try not to get killed by the the thing you know whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah so and then it's just a movie where they're in an apartment and this thing keeps trying to kill them you know and that's sort of what it is right um this movie is it, i guess the connection between that and this newer movie soft matter is that it's funny mm-hmm. but but gross yeah um, like gross in like a horrific way? Kind of gooey, yeah. Okay. Very All gooey. Right. Um, this movie is, there's a, a guy who's trying to make it as a graffiti artist, like make the switch from street to real. Mm. And so they've decided to stage his first show in this abandoned hospital. But in the hospital are these people doing arcane experiments. And by mistake, they bring a god into their world. Mm. But the god is a god of the water, and so it finds the first water, which is their mop bucket. And so at first it's just a face in the bucket, and mm. the god's like, you must stop this experiment. It's your mess. Because they're looking for, they're basically these. what these scientists are looking for is the key to eternal life. And because there are various kinds of sea creatures that are almost immortal in the way that they can keep going, no matter keep what growing. you do to them, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That, that's what they're looking for. And so this is sort of like a uh, Lovecraftian sea god, only in order for that 
to work in the way that Lovecraft would. You have to immediately be uncomfortable. But these scientists are so irreverent that they don't give a fuck. Like, as soon as it shows up, they're like, fuck you. And they're like throwing stuff in there or whatever. So it's basically like um, this, the really compelling thing is this graffiti artist just happens to have the show and then they're trying to escape as the sea god is seeking, seeking its vengeance in mm, the hospital. Right. Gooey, goofy, funny. But it's not funny in a way where you don't care about what's happening. Mm. I mean, it's not serious, but yeah. it's very strange. So I, I recommend it for if for people who like their horror to be a little bit weird. It wasn't like one of my favorites, but I thought it was really great. And then one of my favorites that I also got to catch that I just hadn't given a chance to, and I don't know why, was Paddington 2. Oh, I heard it was awesome. It's really good. Yeah. And people kept saying it. Did and you I kept, like the first one? Yeah, I thought it was good. I liked it. I wouldn't say I loved it, but I liked it. Mm-hmm. I was surprised, and and I, I don't say that because I don't trust people to tell me that something is good, and I'm like, oh, what the fuck do you know? Yeah, I just didn't, I just didn't take it seriously because it's Paddington too, but I really liked it. It's like, yeah, it's fun and interesting and really beautiful to look at, and mm. nothing about it is too smarmy or you know what I mean. Like, I'm always worried something like that is going to be so sentimental. I'll be like, oh god, and the, somehow this manages to be overly cute in a way that doesn't annoy me mm-hmm. so that's fair. yeah i don't know i really i really really liked it and i was really surprised by that it's, that's the, a, it's the the actress from shape of water still for the mom yep yep and she's uh, really great yeah uh yeah so i think that's those are all my uh uh on tracks i think whack i don't know that i have i mean okay so general whack um is just you know, Maeve is fully two. Mm-hmm. She's become fully two. So she's terrible twos. Oh, two-year-olds just, they're just learning about limits and like their own autonomy. And so everything is a work. Everything is a fucking struggle now. Like she yeah. just doesn't want to do anything. Everything is, no. Yeah. Even like first thing in the morning, like Sue's, I usually get up before then. So mm-hmm. I'm downstairs making coffee and she, she'll get up and Sue's will bring her down. And the first thing she sees me, she'll be like, no, <laughs> no, see, Dado, shoo, Dado, shoo. <laughs> oh, she man. heard me shoo the kitty once. And, and now, now she's shooing she you. She shoes me all the time. Man, that's so whack. I'm like, I gave you life, child. <laughs> you shall not shoo me. But she does. She shoes me. And what am I going to do? I'm not going to fight with a little kid. Yeah, so right. That seems weird. That's kind of whack. And, and, you know, work stuff is whack. And I just, I just, you know, it's like. It it's hard when, because with the substitute teaching thing, you don't really bond with anyone at work. So I'm at work. I got nobody there. Yeah. And then it's just me, Susan, Maeve, and then a shit ton of people on the internet that I care about. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. But you don't have the interactions that you crave. No, it's I have friendships with you and Justin and other Cinepunks people. And, you know, someone like Doug, who I never even visually see, but at least I connect with, mm. because we're doing the Cinepunks thing, so it helps us connect. Yeah. But people who aren't parents are not like, yo, let me come to Easton. We'll go to the playground with your daughter for an hour, mm-hmm. and then I'll drive the two hours back, or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even friends in Easton, like, they'll invite me to stuff, and sometimes I can do it, and sometimes I can't. And I think when I can't, it comes across like I'm just like, well, whatever, guys, trip yeah, off motion. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that at all. It's just really hard. It's just. It's difficult with a two year old. It's really difficult. And especially because I'm still doing, you know, uh, I'm still the, I mean, 
big up to Adriana who does now most of the behind the scenes work. Like she's just doing a lot of editing and stuff. Mm-hmm. But there's still a lot of organizing I have to do and a lot of checking in. So between that and then you know now four podcasts though Eric Roberts yeah. will be over soon and uh, whatever. It's just a lot. So I think just the whackness is like feeling like there's more things I could be doing both personally and professionally if you consider some books professionally. Mm. And I just I just can't make it happen. <laughs> it's just hard. Yeah. And then when I do get to spend time, it's like I either get cute Maeve, which is like the cutest Maeve. In the, I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's one of the, still the cutest girl in the world. I don't care what anybody says. <laughs> but when she's in a bad mood, it's just like, oh, everything. Oh, she's going to melt. <laughs> We're melting because I picked up her mittens and she didn't want me to. So now yeah, it's yeah, melting yeah. time. Oh, and man. That's just hard when she's like that. I mean, granted, She's growing up. It's people are always like, "Well, we'll be like that for." I know it's not like that for. I I know, <laughs> but you're this here. Is a brief. Period yeah, 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 yeah. This is the middle of that it. brief period, though. But it's hard. So it's hard. yeah, I can dig it, man. What's up with you, man? Uh, you know, on track. Um, I haven't really had a chance to watch too many movies lately, but that's because I've been doing a lot of work for music stuff. So, uh, um, Krosky has just uh, did some scratch demo vocals for uh, new stuff. That uh, will be coming around, and I'm really excited about. And then uh, I recorded the first three songs for Aspect Ratio with the help of uh, my uh, Cross Keys bandmate, Dave Adolf. Uh, we went to his house, me and Carly, and we recorded uh, a couple tracks, and that, those sound pretty cool, and those should be uh, available soon-ish. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I'm playing next Tuesday, I'm playing um, the uh, Bullying the Jukebox radio show with a friend of the podcast, Ryan Chitty where I'll be performing my solo record and telling Ryan some funny stories about the songs, hopefully. And it definitely is not going to be boring, and it definitely is not going to be lame. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> tune into those things. Well, as soon as you said that, I yeah, thought, well, I was like, as long yo, as he assures me, it's yo, not going to be those Let things. me tell you something about anxiety. Let me tell you something about anxiety as a singer-songwriter who knows fully well that everybody has done the singer-songwriter thing exactly like I'm doing it. It sucks, man. But then, you know, it's funny because it's like, I've been a musician for more than half my life at this point. Literally performing in front of people for more than half my life. And uh, every single time, man, every single time you're like, man, I hope what I do doesn't suck. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just a thing that I worry about all the time. So I mean, I think you're being silly because nothing you do sucks. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, just saying, just saying. Um I don't know. So that's coming up on Tuesday. I'm pretty excited about that. I've been heavy practicing, just trying to get myself together. And uh, yeah, I kind of feel like musically I'm pumping on all six cylinders. Like it's all kind of going forward. And uh, it's a fun inertia that I really, really enjoy. And uh, I really feel uh, creatively uh, sated by. Um, That said, how much of it is going to get out there and everyone's going to appreciate? I don't know. Hasn't happened yet. Maybe it'll get there. But one day, you know. Um, other than that, so that's been on track. Haven't really seen any movies lately because I've been doing that and I watched the two movies for this. Um, whack, uh, it snowed. That was a bummer. Um, Melani is in. We, we miss it entirely. I just, I experienced oh, yeah. that snow through Instagram. Usually we have it worse up north. I know. Wasn't, wasn't bad at all. We got like nothing. Well, good for you. Um, Melani is in Phoenix currently for this week for work. So I'm home alone with my dog, George. And, uh. Every morning I wake up and I look George in his eyes and I'm like, hey, man, we just got to make it to Friday. Everything's going to be fine if we make it to Friday. So, you know, just chill. She'll be home soon. So that's whack that I'm home in this house by myself and uh, hanging out with my dog. So that's it. That's what I got. 
on track is that Liam is here and that we're recording not via Skype. So that's cool. Into that. Not that I hate the Skype thing, but, you know, I prefer the face-to-face conversation. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think that... Um I mean, I like. I I, don't I like, like that we can do it. Don't get me twisted. Yeah. Don't get me, don't don't yeah. misconstrue me. Like I like the fact that we can do it. That said, I just miss my friend. I miss being in front of you and just hanging out. I miss you too, buddy. I'm glad you're here. Oh, now we're all gonna get a boo. Oh man. Okay. Oh, the other thing that is way on track is that Jawbreaker and Jawbox have both announced that they're going to be touring and that they're both going to be playing Philadelphia in this in this year, which to me is. If you know, I was in a band for 10 years with my friend Dave and my friend Brendan called Hey Angel. It was inspired by Jawbox, and uh, everybody likes Jawbreaker. So, you know, Mm -hmm. just saying, those guys are coming to Philly. I'm pretty pumped. Haven't gotten any tickets yet, but I'm hoping to, and uh, I'm not worried about it. We're going to go see them. It's going to be great. So, yeah, that's it. All right. We're going to take a break. All right. After the break, we will discuss two movies from PM Entertainment, one of which we both pretty much enjoyed and one which we both kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the break. we're back hello so today's episode we have decided on the on the social media presence of our friend rob scavarla we are talking about movies from the pm entertainment group which was a prolific company that made movies of low to medium budget in the early to mid 90s yeah i think their first thing was 1989 but most of it was in the 90s and uh as we had mentioned in the in in the other part of the show today um they were the movies that you found at the rental stores in the middle of the pharmacy that had, uh, you know, that had the weird action flicks that all seemed to take place in L.A., all seemed to be weird, <laughs> all seemed to be kind of like another movie that was really big but was not that movie. These are those movies. So um, our two movies we're discussing are... Uh, a Dangerous Place. A Dangerous Place, directed by Jerry P. Jacobs, <laughs> and uh, Rage... Which I'll get to who directed that when we talk about it because I don't have it in front of me right now, but I do have <laughs> a dangerous place in front of me. So a dangerous. So place. the two movies we watched were a dangerous place and rage. Wait, I have to read this to you. Okay, a dangerous place from 1995. Uh huh. High school can be a dangerous place and a deadly experience. Dude, okay, saying that not it's a untrue. dangerous place, not untrue. No, yeah. no, no. But saying it's a dangerous place. Kind of implies that it could be a deadly experience. Like this tagline. Okay. All right. When Ethan's older brother Greg is found dead, the police rule the case a suicide. Mm. But Ethan suspects foul play stemming from Greg's recent involvement with a martial arts team called the Scorpions. Scorpions. You Not the band. You know Not the band. band. You know they're bad because they're called Scorpions. Right. Ethan is also accomplished at martial arts, and he determines to join the Scorpions as a means of learning what really happened to Greg. 
written by by Michelle Sturgis. Mm. Don't know who that is. Yep. A writer, uh, maybe. Jerry P. Jacobs you might know from such movies as Running Red, Steel Train, <laughs> Freedom Strike. Dude, how serious you look reading these names is amazing. <laughs> it's so good. I just love that he did Running Running Red. I don't know if you guys Sweet have seen Running Red baby from 2000. Have you seen Running Red? Uh, yes. No, bad. you haven't. Yes, I have. Why? Is Eric uh, Roberts in And then Steel Train, also known as Evasive Action, Whoa. starring Roy Scheider. Roy. Now, knowing it's starring Roy Scheider will mean something when I tell you it's from a 1998. Yeah. Wow. That's a hard let alone, Let alone Freedom Strike. <laughs> <laughs> Starring Michael Dudikoff. Michael Dudikoff, American Ninja. No, 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 no. Yeah. You're not there yet. Michael Dudikoff and Tone Loke. Tone Loke. From 1998 as oh well. Oh, my God. As well as Felicity Waterman. I don't know who Felicity Waterman is. Oh, you might know Felicity Waterman from <laughs> such films as Miracle Beach, uh, no. Titanic, but not that one. <laughs> Hard bounty. Wow. Yeah. Space case. So good. There are, I will say, okay, so so this idea of doing a PM entertainment episode does put me on a bit of a rabbit hole of like shitty movies that you saw when you were younger that maybe stuck with you. I've had moments of, it, are there actors or actresses, or I should say they're both actors. Actresses is kind of diminutive, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Are there Are there people who are in these movies who I want to like, do a weird rabbit hole in their careers to yeah. like find you know and especially because there's a number of these films that I saw during a very sensitive time in my life uh-huh. such that I developed crushes on these young women because you know I was of that age and I right, was just like right, right. and <laughs> with the most famous actors for me I would almost get a saturation you know right. it was kind of like how when Jennifer Conley was someone who was only a little bit older than me mm-hmm. and was in random movies, it was easier to have a crush. Yeah. And then when there was the Jennifer Conley songs and suddenly she came back yeah. and was in everything, uh-huh. I was like less enamored because it was right. almost like I saw her all the time. <laughs> that's just saw how, her all the time. Well, that was just you know, my, that was just me and Jaco hanging out a bunch. You know what you know. I mean? You know I know. I mean? It's really funny, though. It, it's really funny. The experience of being a 15-year-old watching a movie that, there's someone in that movie that you think is interesting mm-hmm. and then you never that's it that was the one time you saw them there's some part of you that's like who is that what is going on <laughs> yeah. um and granted that doesn't happen a lot but there is a part of me that was like i should pick one of those movies i used to love a random person and see if i could follow their career right like, right right you know now that we have that information yeah like, now that the, there's a database dedicated to such things for younger people we couldn't you know what i mean <laughs> at like, the time no yeah you when couldn't. i saw fucking mark dacascus in yeah. uh, the capoeira movie oh uh, yeah only the, the strong only strong i couldn't be like what else is mark dacascus in i don't fucking you know what i mean like there what, was you've never seen the live action version of crying free man no i really have oh not. my god yeah it's terrible i mean oh, it's amazing that should be an episode, a Mark DeCosta's episode. Yeah. Because he's Filipino. Uh, or a better example might be it was only once the internet existed that I understood the breadth and truly staggering uh, interestingness of Linnea Quigley's career. Right. Because I knew she was in a few different things. I'd seen her in them. Mm-hmm. But understanding, like, no, she's been in like a, a million, million movies. movies. Yeah. yeah. And, and, 
in all kinds of different roles doing interesting things, you know. Mm-hmm. I that helped me understand. But that was again because you have it in front of you thanks to the internet. When mm-hmm. when, you know, in the night I mean technically there was internet in the nineties, but yeah, but not it was like Yeah, it took you a weekend to download a Weezer song or however. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh I didn't steal from Weezer. Right. Okay? Who did? Anyway, that that was a joke that some comedian told. But anyway, not important. Not important. Oh, it's Kumail Nanjani. No, it wasn't. It was the other guy. Um, the other guy. You're such a racist. Not Kumail, but some other Indian comic. You racist. Why did I? Who said Indian man? I, didn't I know say what you go for. Also, Kumail is Pakistani. My bad. <laughs> Listen, I was trying to make fun of you for being a racist, and then, <laughs> and then was... you expose your own racism. Look, wow. Look, this is still how a, does that? This work? is still a brown people podcast. All right, <laughs> let's just make that clear. We are Browns. <laughs> Man, we need more other brown people on our on our uh, on our network. Jacob, edit around this, please. <laughs> no, leave it on. Leave it in, Jacob. People should know that I have anxiety that there's too many white people on Cinepunks. Um, okay, so uh, this movie also very white, except for oh my god, I'm sure you noticed the best friend who's Filipino there, and had my hair. Okay, in high school. Let's be clear here. I thought this was really funny, except for our token black character. Oh yeah, who is the in sc- California Dreams? That yes, short-lived yes. TV show. He was the, the scorpions are are white dude martial arts, right? And the lions have white dudes, but most of the lions team is Asian. Yeah, so it's kind of funny to see like, oh, why is every match an Asian kid versus a white dude? <laughs> and then you're like, oh right, because all the scorpions are white except for. Our one character who's like, hey, man. Also, that dude's <laughs> doing this like jive thing that oh, just was not dude, great. It's tough. It was it's not tough. Great. He also gets so, beat up a lot. It's rough. I already did the synopsis, but what you guys got to understand is this is a what this movie really is is this is a movie where Corey Feldman Corey Feldman is your name the bad talent. guy. Yeah, like if you see the fucking poster for this thing, there's Corey Feldman real big, and then there's the kid who you wouldn't know unless you follow martial arts. In other words, and even if you did follow martial arts, let's be honest with you, you had to follow martial arts in the '90s in the movies. Sure, 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 but so, yeah, no, yeah. no. But what I'm saying is, I don't. I wouldn't even say that. I don't think it's in the. I don't think this kid has acted. I think this is his first role. No, he's been in a bunch of movies before this movie. Yeah, or he after was in this those movie? sidekick movies with um. Those are after. This is before the sidekick movie. What I'm telling you is that those no, other movies exist is, because of this movie. That's what I'm trying to tell this you. This movie's supposed to be like the third installment of that, though, or something. Wasn't really? It? Yeah. Hey, y'all. We didn't do our research, so I'm looking. Which is makes it for a very good conversation, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, that kid was like in movies prior to this, I believe. Nope, this is the first film. Oh, really? Then okay, after well this, then. he was in Magic Kid, Magic uh, Kid 2. Those were both PM Entertainment movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Safari. Research. What's, what's this one? <laughs> the Power Within, also cool. a PM Entertainment movie. Uh, Tiger Heart. So my understanding, again, y'all, I we didn't do a lot of research on this, but the way the movie plays out is that it feels like a promotional film for martial arts. Yes. Much the way, if anyone has seen uh, Miami Connection, was originally intended to be like a Taekwondo, Taekwondo film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not that. Like, to be clear, if you've never seen it, it's not that. But it's meant Dude, to be that. How awesome would it be, though, if you watched Miami Connection and then started taking Taekwondo lessons? <laughs> you're, like, you're like, I want to be like YK Kim. This is going to be great. Like, you're like, I'm, I'm convinced. So good. I'm yeah. convinced. It's like the way of the future, man. So anyways, just with the way the matches are, and there's a lot of product placement of karate products. Yeah. Um, and it is very Karate Kid, the idea that like the Asian guy's team is like more in touch with their spirituality, <laughs> but the white dude's team is so aggressive Yo, man. and violent. Let me just say, 
as a Filipino growing up in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. That was my life. Is fighting aggressive white dudes? Just thinking about how I'm going to maintain my own spirituality and connection to nature while fighting white dudes. Actually, yeah, you know this house. Um, Okay, so uh, Corey Feldman is this leader of this gang, and and we're in a world now. In 1994 is when this movie comes out, Mm. in which uh, a gang and a group of dudes who practice karate are supposed to be the same thing, one and the same. Yes, which. Even the Scorpions. In, even in 1994, that doesn't play out. Right. I mean, we're talking... 94 well, is like... Okay, for, let's talk about this. The opening scene in is... In L.A., by the way. In L.A., the opening scene is Corey Feldman and his ne'er-do-well karate gang. Yeah, they steal a bunch they of shit. They steal three motorcycles and a car. They just do... Like, Corey From Feldman a just, dealership. Just drives a car out of the window <laughs> of a dealership. But he also does it... They break into the bank by... He goes in right when they're closing mm-hmm. and leaves gum mm-hmm. on the latch of the door. Yeah. So when the guy comes to lock the door, supposedly the gum is more powerful than the lock, which he then, after the dude leaves... Not only just that, but not only here, but in multiple scenes of this movie, these dudes... Okay, if, if I'm supposed to believe that the karate team is uh-huh. good at karate, right? I'm there with you. I got you. Okay. If I'm supposed to believe that the karate team is also good at street fighting, it's a little bit of a stretch, but I'm good. Let's okay. do it. That Let's makes do sense. that. Yeah, sure. These motherfuckers outrun the cops... On motorcycles. On motorcycles and trucks. They're doing like uh, crazy motorcycle tricks. It's so they, good. They, 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 when they steal, so whatever. It's so they're, they're basically the gang is actually headed by this older gentleman who, who is, is their sensei. He is a teacher at the high school. <laughs> he is their sensei. And then he's like a leather. He basically, this guy plays three roles. He, at school, he's yeah. like the loose polo, like, oh, let the kids fight, whatever, man. <laughs> then at the at the fucking polo. dojo, he's all like, I'm a tough sensei. Yeah, he's all like. And then later that night, he's got his fucking leather jacket on like he's Dude. the leader of the Southside Serpents. <laughs> it's a little so bit good. of a Riverdale reference <laughs> for you. And he's just up there like, you get, it, you get the shit. I'm you guys didn't get enough stuff this time. Yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Also, this is peak Corey Feldman does not. Oh, first of all, let, let's play. Let's play this whole thing out too. You'll get a vibe for this. The problem with this whole movie, when it comes to the style, Corey Feldman looks like he is Speedo John Reese from Rocket from the Crypt, right? In the rock video for Ditch Digger, he has these crazy sideburns, pompadour thing going on. He looks and probably is thirty five years old. At this yeah, point. for sure. It, he's. Uh, this is okay. To understand something about this movie, what you're meant to believe in this movie is that is he's that a high school senior. Not only just that, but that this kid, mm-hmm. right? This kid, Ethan, is in high school. <laughs> Which he looks like he's 12. Let's be honest with you. Well, he looks I'm like saying. Ethan is in high school with all these other students. That and, are also in high school. And I guess he's supposed to be a freshman and they're seniors. Only they're always in class together. They're uh-huh. always in lunch. Like right. He's in their fucking history class. Why is he in their class? They never say what's going on. And not only that, and you've seen some like freshman senior differences, yeah. but they couldn't find a single other actor for this movie that was age appropriate. So all the kids that are supposed to be maybe slightly older than him are all massively older yeah, than him. Yeah, yeah, except yeah, yeah. for his Filipino friend who looks about the same age. <laughs> so basically what you got is uh but then you've got <laughs> Filipino dude who looks like Josh basically. This is Josh as a kid. V he's, is a kid with hair and no glasses. He's good at martial arts. You've got the main kid Ethan, he's good at martial arts. And then all the other people are like actors, like adult actors. They're yeah. supposed to be his peers. Right. And the only time you believe any interaction he has with them is when he's beating them up because he's very good at I mean <laughs> 
when we say martial arts, it's, this is definitely late eighties, early nineties style, you know, karate, karate stuff. It's not yeah. he's not doing Muay Thai or whatever. It's no, not no, no. Tough, he's doing kirate. But he's definitely yeah. done it enough. That like when he's be- the the most believable scenes he has are not any scene where he has a conversation, no, or when he's supposed to interact with these people like his peers. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. only when he's assaulting them that you go, oh yeah, yeah, okay, this, <laughs> this guy knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's yeah. on top of it. He's the really- funniest thing too is that okay, so the story is that his brother goes to the lions as like he trains as the same karate school yeah. as he does, right? Yeah, and uh, he wants to see what the scorpions are doing, so he joins a rival gang. And it begins with a beachfront fight. They're fighting. They're fighting each other in the beach for some. This reason. is after Corey Feldman and those dudes have already stolen the motorcycles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you realize that they're just a gang of bad dudes. And then, so he goes to join this gang of bad dudes, and then they're fighting on a beach. And then, like, they, they make him like initiate him, and then they make they try. Did to you notice the guy that Corey Feldman beat up also looked Filipino? He did. I'm okay with it. Just saying. I'm just saying. There's a lot of Filipinos yeah, in this visibility, movie. Yeah, visibility, y'all. Visibility. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, what ends up happening is they take them in, and then they're like, oh, we're going to do a job, and they're going to rob this house, and people end up being there, and Corey Feldman, like, they start assaulting the people that are there who are uh, an elderly couple. It's an older couple, and he yeah, feels yeah, yeah. bad. Greg feels bad. Well, there's no indication that Greg is stoked on crime anyway. Yeah. So the fact in the space of one day he went from... Why are we fighting these guys to let's rob this house? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. But then they get in there and, and it's and all a setup. Like they knew this family was there and he didn't know. Yeah. So then they start fighting the old dudes and then Greg shows his true colors as an actual good dude and starts fighting them. And then they fucking kill his ass. So, so keep in mind, we're talking about high school seniors here. It is played off as a mistake, though. Like, Corey yeah, Feldman, for sure. Iron claws him to the neck and he falls down the stairs. Now, the way you make that work is you say, oh, well, he just hit him. And then as he fell down the stairs, he hit his he head, broke, broke his, his neck, neck hit his so head. And so forth. No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> Later on in the movie, they confirm that the iron claw is a death move. Is a so, technique that this teacher slash gang lord slash sensei has so taught them. he mistakenly crushed this kid's windpipe? <laughs> like, that's not a mistake you make. Like... You crushed his windpipe and after like, macing oh, no. him. They hit him with mace in the face, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then they fucking eagle claw his throat out, and then he's dead. Now, uh, w- the other thing about this movie that's so funny, like I said, the way they look age wise is that they don't match. Right. This also goes to their fashion. So then Ethan is like trying to infiltrate this gang. This is 1994, y'all. Okay, right. so all the dudes in this gang look like fucking gang members from the late 80s <laughs> and Ethan is the only one who looks what children looked like in 1994 <laughs> he's got a giant fucking hoodie on yeah. loose jeans and uh. white Nikes I mean honestly he looks like he's in turnstile like that's his all he needed was a fanny pack on his shoulders instead right. of around his waist and he would have been he looks like American he's streetwear yeah yeah, yeah 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 yeah. he's like all his shirts are way too baggy like he, whatever <laughs> but the thing is I noticed it at first because I'm like, man, why does Ethan look like such a fucking scrub? And then as I'm watching, I'm going, wait a minute, 1994? Ethan's the only person who looks like a child. Everyone else is dressing like actor's dress. You know, (laughs) like they don't look real, especially Corey Feldman, who is wearing uh, Italian t-shirts. Right, right. With leather vests and and this gigantic belt buckle. Giant belt buckle. Everybody in this movie that's in the bad guy gang has like these... Very obvious and gigantic belt buckles. It's not weird. like Texan belt buckles, more no. like dance club in the 90s. Yes, belt it's buckles. weird. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ethan decides. Oh, and there's also a character wearing cross colors. 
Oh, that's true. In, in the show, and I was pretty stoked on seeing that. Oh well, so you know they've got their Greg's dead, and so they got to do something. So they oh fake, yeah yeah they also they fake, fake yeah, a yeah. suicide at the school of all the places to do it. It's like in the gym. <laughs> yeah. So uh, on the basketball hoop. So Ethan knows immediately that Greg wouldn't have done. Greg such a wouldn't thing. have done this. The, Greg would not have done this, which is not the message you want to have about suicide in a movie. Yeah, but whatever. But okay. It's fine. Sure. So he, it was the nineties. So it was his, a different time. His solution is to infiltrate the Scorpions. And that is the first step in a movie that the whole time, every decision that's made, you go, Ethan, man. <laughs> Doug. I mean, time for therapy. I get yeah. why he might not, want, might not want to tell his sensei mm-hmm. what's going on. But there are other people he could say, look, all right, let me let you in on something here. I'm just trying to infiltrate the gang so I can find so out what I can better. See. But instead, he does a full fucking heel turn yeah. on everyone, including his, his Filipino best friend. His Filipino friend. He just smashes food on the dude's <laughs> head for no reason. It's just the. Uh, <laughs> on a movie, on a basic movie level, right. both of these movies don't work. Make no sense. They, they, there's no character motivations that make sense. Right. There's, the plot is a mess, nothing really works together. With this movie, it got on my nerves because though the fighting is surprisingly good for this kind of movie. Yeah. And I kind of love that you could see this movie as sort of the gritty earth from which sprung three ninjas. And, right. You know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ninja kids or whatever all those fucking movies are. Uh-huh. Um, though you could really go back to the kid. Uh, and Shokushugi. Red Sonia. Red so oh yeah, Ernie Reyes Jr., also Filipino. But I would also cite the, the kids in uh, Prayer for Death with Shokasugi. Oh, very yeah, true, yeah, very yeah, true. Yeah. But I just think that this movie is part of that development, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's very for much sure. This movie star. is the beginning of making those characters the main characters in movies. And making sure that, that, that uh, like, giving a chance to a karate. Like, this kid yeah. has won as a karate dude, and now he's going to be a star. You know? Right, 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 His right. His acting is bad, though. The yeah. whole movie he's It's bad. great. Yeah, it's it's really not good acting. But, I mean, like, again... Well, I guess what I'm so, saying is is that there's not enough other action shit for me. The opening sequence is great. <laughs> dude, they're running away from the cops on motorcycles, on bikes, and the cops are getting their cars flipped over and all this stuff. It's like, all that stuff is great, but I just think awesome. all of the intrigue stuff... Mm-hmm doesn't work because no. the kid can't act most of the other people can't act and none of his motivations make any sense let alone that part of for him to join the scorpions he has to set up a match between the scorpions and the lions the lions don't ever have matches yeah but based on one not convincing conversation suddenly they're gonna have a match and there's a flyer for it yeah and he doesn't even they don't even show him going to the sensei no. played by the guy mako who actually was in red sonia and in yep. conan yep and uh yeah yeah, yeah. this is awesome but anyway i mean you're wrong i when i'm saying um when i'm when i'm talking shit on the acting in this movie you can leave out mako yeah you can leave out the Principal, who is famous, <laughs> Dick What's Van it? Patten. Dick Van Patten, he's fucking great. You're just Dick like, why is Dick principal? Van Patten in this movie? Uh, I, I, you can leave off actually the shitty sensei. Yeah. Both both senseis are adults who are in a different movie than the kids with whom they're acting. <laughs> now, again, not that their performances are like groundbreaking, but you're just like, like oh, oh, that yeah. guy acts. Whereas some of the kids are just kind of going, whatever, man. I don't care what you say. I'll do whatever I want. Oh, you better watch it, kid. I'm going to cream your oh my ass. God, it's so Including good. Including yeah. the veteran star, the guy Corey who has a star Corey Feldman is fucking 
sleeping through this movie. He, he is, is a beast not in this movie for sure. In this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's tough. There's man. a couple of scenes he like freaks out a little bit that are good. Yeah. But for the most part, he's Dude, just kind of like, I'm in a movie, whatever. There's a one there's two sequences in particular that always that made me really laugh really hard. One is when Corey Feldman's talking about the murder of Greg with his crew. Yeah. And he's like, "Well, you know, we washed the mace out of his eyes." <laughs> it's like, yeah, "Holy that's... shit." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I thought that was real. The other funny thing is when um, our karate man, the, the main kid, is like, I just wish I could see Greg one more time. And he goes to sleep, and then he has the dream, and his brother and comes con- and visits this him. This continues a theme throughout the movie. At key moments, dead brother shows up yeah. in vision form. Right, 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 right. This was the one part of the movie where I thought, Oh, okay. We've now moved into Gonzo territory, where I understand why Josh wanted to talk about this movie because those parts are so fucking. Especially the fact that a key aspect of of Ethan finally. I mean, Ethan should have known from day one. He kind of knows, but he's not convinced yet that the scorpions have killed his brother. Right. But there's a moment where uh, one of the scorpions uses mace on a. A homeless person, guy. A person living on the street who just yeah. wants to feed his family or get drunk. I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he just wants some money. He mazes this dude, and all of a sudden, fucking Ethan remembers, oh, wait, the ghost of my brother was saying, was mouthing to me. He didn't hear him. He's just mouthing <laughs> my eyes. And from that, I know that you have murdered my brother. You've maced and murdered my brother. Yeah. On? Oh, my God. And then in the final scene with the final fight between Feldman and Karate Kid, Karate Kid wins, of course, and he's about to deliver the final blow, which potentially could kill this man, could kill the Feldman. And he is stopped by the ghost of his brother who holds his arm Mm -hmm. and then just nods the word no, just nods. I I love the idea that Ethan is our hero. Yeah. And yet he's basically on a murder quest the whole movie. (laughs) Yeah, in high school. The whole movie is just like leading to this moment where... (laughs) Only because of the supernatural intervention of his murdered brother does he go, oh, wait, maybe I shouldn't murder people. Like, what the fuck, man? Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. It's it's one of those movies that when you watch it, you realize that you're supposed to identify with Karate Guy, right? And I'm thinking if I saw this in 1995 or 94, yeah. right, I would have yeah. been like, you know, 17 years old, 16 years old, whatever. I probably would have been like, yeah, man. Dude, that's a story of redemption. No, let's clarify something here, y'all. If I had seen this when I was in 1994, I was 15 years old. Yeah. Well, I was turning 15. Right. So maybe I saw this when I was 14. Maybe I saw it when I was 15. If I saw that this then, no part of me doesn't love this movie. This movie is the fucking <laughs> best movie <laughs> this ever. This part is genius. Yeah. It's, it's only now watching it as an adult that I'm like, uh, wait a this minute. This movie is just below So Gonzo. I love it. <laughs> it's just below it. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I didn't hate it. It was fun in a lot of ways, yeah. But it just doesn't go far enough for me because, you know, when you're watching a movie like this, it could bring other things to the table. It could bring character development. Nope, right. that's not fucking happening. <laughs> no, it could bring an interesting story. No, nah, nah. it could bring badass action and fights. And this is my only real complaint. <laughs> there are two super sick action sequences, right? And a number of surprisingly well done, competent fights for this kind of movie. Right, right, right. None of that is enough for me to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, like, dude, a- this movie has to come kicking and screaming right out of the box. Yeah, and it just doesn't quite do that, and that kind of bums me out. On the other hand, it is one of these post-being-respectable Corey Feldman movies, and <laughs> unlike some of the other ones I've seen, it's watchable. I feel like a lot of late-period 
I definitely have a drug problem, Corey Feldman, <laughs> is like unwatchable. Like you just can't get through it. So the fact that this has that like leather glove era Corey Feldman, but it's actually like you can enjoy it. Maybe not enjoy it, but you can like suffer it. That made it almost entirely worth having watched it. Right, right, right. I will say too, like it was really funny seeing this kid really try to teach the rest of the 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 cast about what Billabong is. Like <laughs> this kid is really trying to be like, we're in it's 1994. We're in Southern California. What are you fucks wearing? Like what is going on? Right, my my man is like really. But I think part of his bagginess was also trying to make him look less like a child, less less childish compared I to his swear, adult counterparts. I swear to God, he's 12 years old in this movie. If he's a dad. <laughs> He just seems so young compared to the rest of the cast. Yeah, it's pretty funny, actually. But, you know, if you were like, if you were doing like a fun get together of friends mm-hmm. and you wanted to put something on that was like entertaining, but not like great, like you, you could talk over it a little bit and make yeah. fun of it a little bit. This is that movie. Yeah. This is that movie. For this sure. is not like a everyone shut the fuck up. We're really Yeah, this you got to focus right yeah, now. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but uh, if you're like, no, I'm a real connoisseur of 90s action. This, is this not might that. not be the movie it's for you. It's not quite that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely think it's this company, PM uh, Entertainment. It's them stretching their legs. Right. They're trying to get into some other... And this kid was in other movies for them. Uh, yeah. But the other movies he was in feel more like straight martial arts movies. Or more kid-focused movies. Yeah, and this is more like... Uh, there's intriguing. a bit of like a crime, yeah. intrigue, whatever. And I just don't buy the... You know, the Scorpions no. don't work as a gang. No. They have embroidered jacket. One of them does. They it's pretty cool. They don't know how to do crime. <laughs> they on. barely know how to do karate. Uh, I did like that they tried to rob the Van Nuys flea market. I thought that was swap meat. <laughs> Van Nuys swap meat. <laughs> Tell me when that scene came up oh that you didn't God. immediately think of the Berlin Mart. I did. The it Berlin Farmer's exactly Mart. Yeah, exactly like the Berlin Mart. I was Mart. like, oh no, they're going to get Chinese stars and video cassettes of porno. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah, yeah. And I, then, was, like, I was very much like, because in the, a couple of the shots, there's clothing hanging up in the background. I was mm-hmm. like, 100%, there's discount slash rip off Z Cavaricci back there. Oh my God. They're going to go get some fucking Z Cavaricci. Yeah, Z Cavaricci right the ones that Corey Feldman's not wearing in the movie. No. Yeah, it's, man, that part this was movie great. Needed but the some best Z thing about that, so the, there's a security guard in this scene, yeah. and he pulls a gun out, and he's shooting at our, our, our protagonist. He's shooting his, at a 12 year old. Yeah, shooting at a 12 year old kid. And the kid like runs away and then fucking hides in like the the ceiling and gets the drop on our on our yeah. bumbling security guard. Well, because what this they've established this whole movie is that only Ethan is good at karate. <laughs> <laughs> no one else in this movie is good at karate. Oh my except god! Except for Ethan, magnificent, so good, <laughs> so so good. All right. Yeah. Well, you know. This is a medium for me, but that's fine. I, I mean, okay, let's let's be honest. With you. I'm I'm not trying to say that this is a, an achievement in cinematic, uh, you know, vision. I am saying, however, you're not going to beat a movie like this for like just kind of fun time. And hey, that's the guy from California Dreams, the TV show where he played the drummer. Like that, you know, that's pretty okay for me, honestly. It's like it's like a pop song that you don't like. I guess. I like a lot of <laughs> pop songs, though. But That's why I specified like a pop song that you don't like. But anyway. <laughs> but here's the thing. After watching this, I watched this one first. Right. And I thought, oh, man, is this going to be an episode where we're just shitting on things? Like, we've had a fun conversation, but some part was like, am I going to be bummed? But then I put on the goddamn cinematic magic that is Rage, Rage. from 1995. <laughs> Let's be honest. Rob was like, yo, you have to watch this movie for Cinepunks. And uh, take it from me, 
if Rob Scarlett gives you a suggestion for something to watch, I suggest you go ahead and watch that thing. Because <coughs> Rob is seldom wrong, and he's uh, he's a pretty awesome dude. But he his his cinematic taste for those of us that are attuned to things like you know the last time we had him on the show we talked about um these uh, occult movies like uh, Chariot of the Gods and uh, what was the other one Liam we we watched like those movies those conspiracy oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. movies Mondo and yeah 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 super fun and now here we are again with the gift that Rob has given us of these movies and Rage is the one to start with for sure so 1995's Rage oh my God directed by Joseph Murphy. Uh, you might know Joseph <laughs> from such movies as Final Impact, Maximum Force, Repo Jake, Executive, Riot, L.A. something. <laughs> Basically, my man directed about half the fucking catalog over at PM Entertainment <laughs> with a few things outside of that. But mostly, you know, gritty 90s action. Every time you like. read the names of these movies from PM Entertainment. I feel like I'm listening to that scene in Joe Dirt when he's talking about the fireworks that are available to him. He's like, Husker do's, Husker don'ts, train B. <laughs> it just has like this list of things. The, I feel like that's what you're you saying. Know, there's right definitely, he, the horror movies that are in here that are so funny because there are things like The Newly Dead, where they've crossed out weds and it's put dead underneath. Sick. Or Epitaph. <laughs> uh, Repo Jake, though, looks fun. It's Fresh. called Repo Jake. Fresh Kill is one. Uh, <laughs> Maximum Force, Final <laughs> Impact. L.A. Vice. Man, you know, you there's know gonna be L.A. Vice is definitely a movie where you're like, oh, I want to see <laughs> some uh, bad sex scenes and unjustified nudity. There you go. Uh, done Ryan, and done. Uh, oh, Executive Target, Whoa. which doesn't say Michael Madsen, but puts his face so fucking big <laughs> on the cover. It's just Michael Madsen holding a gun, which is not there. It's like a bad early Photoshop. Gun, nice, nice. And an explosion underneath him. Ah, uh, L.A. Crackdown, so good. Mayhem, Zero Tolerance, starring Robert Patrick. <laughs> you might remember <laughs> Robert Patrick from yeah. Terminator 2. Uh, Last Dude, Man it's got all those guys in those movies, too. And also, like, Lorenzo Lamas is in a bunch of I literally just swo- sw- swiped over to uh, CIA, codename Alexa, starring Lorenzo Lamas, <laughs> as well as O.J. Simpson <laughs> and <laughs> Kathleen Kinmont. What? <laughs> Oh, it's so good. It is so good. Heat Street. Yo, <laughs> Heat Street actually looks really great. I don't think this is a I don't think this is this is too I hate to say this, but let's just be honest. Heat Street is just too black to be a PM entertainment movie. It looks like a real like urban <laughs> yeah. gritty. Yeah. That's the thing about PM Entertainment is that like they occasionally had some great um some great black actors in their movies. Uh-huh. But they managed to do these LA movies that didn't often feel they, they, they're very white. Like, <laughs> like except for our one dude in the gang, all the other criminals they interact with, like there's a couple other scenes like when they get jumped by those dudes, there's all white dudes except for one Asian kid. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're at the L.A. of PM Entertainment, unless it's a specific kind of story they're telling. It's very much it's like... It's very uh, white L.A. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> it's very much like the, the Jenny Slate Brooklyn in Obvious Child. But I will say Rage... <laughs> is a movie that has a specifically non-white plot, even if most of our characters are white. Uh, Rage, 
A corrupt right-wing militia group chooses a California teacher as the ideal specimen to clone for its army. That's not quite right. They don't quite choose him. Yeah. Basically, they also don't really show the cloning or underground army business of it. They there's a scene. There's one but, scene. But it's, it's very, this movie is just a cobbling together of action sequences. Which oh, I'm surprised yeah. they could afford. Right. With very little plot in between to justify those action sequences. <laughs> as little plot as they could come up with. In fact, we there's a there's a reporter who's trying to tell the story of our main character. Yeah. We get more exposition from the reporter who doesn't know what's going on than from the main <laughs> character who's the only person who knows, knows everything what's going, that's going on. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for some reason doesn't tell anybody about it. Doesn't say anything to anyone. So that's a short description. What's really going on basically what's going on is uh this this Defense contractor group right. is working with not ICE because ICE didn't exist yet, but they're working with with like some type of cop, like, like cop, force. border patrol, whatever. Yeah, and they're uh, picking up these uh, migrant workers, migrant workers, and instead of giving them actual jobs, they're using them as experiments. They're using now, them as guinea pigs and trying to create these super soldier people. Now, here's the problem with this movie, and this happens <laughs> a lot, right, with films which are clearly made by white people right but are trying to address certain kinds of racism right the film the bad guys of this film are in fact racist because they are like all of these latinx folks are expendable so we can do whatever we want to them. dude the opening sequence the preamble to the movie is the cop guys going to like a place where all these latinx people are mm -hmm. and being like put them all in the van <laughs> And then, it, like, and then it turns what? into a firefight. Yeah, it turns into a... Dude, with Uzis. But, but here's the issue, though. The film itself can't help but also be racist because <laughs> even though it's in some way trying to be an anti-racist movie, right. part of the theory is all of these migrants are shitty physical specimens. Yeah, that they're not as good as this one physical specimen. Who yeah, the people coming from other countries, especially... And, and they keep... <laughs> the other thing about this is they keep saying indigenous... <laughs> not Mexican? Oh, they're indigenous. You know, they're migrants. And I'm like, they're basically trying to say like, they're like weak Mexicans. It's like what they're trying yeah. you know I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. all these coded racist things. Now, granted, our main character is meant to not be that. He's like Australian but, or something, right? But the idea right? is like, the the bright wing group is suddenly they didn't choose him. He gets mixed. Basically, he gets carjacked by yeah. a guy. So which what happens is the one of the he, guys, one of the guys who was experimented upon escapes right and he carjacks our australian friend uh -huh. uh, when he's dropping off his daughter and when they capture this guy they just take him too i guess because he's seen too much or because i mean honestly there's a real anti-cop thing in this movie like yeah, yeah there yeah. are no good cops in this right, movie. right right and so um you really get the feeling that no one chose this dude it's just <laughs> cops get stoked to beat people up so they just beat him up and took him with and yeah. once he gets there they're the, like, the, he's the, Australian. Well, what's crazy is the racistness of it. Like, some of the racists are like, we can't experiment on this guy. He's a white guy. And then <laughs> the cop guy's like, he's a white guy, but he talks funny. So that means he's foreign. <laughs> so that's fine. He can go. And they keep calling him a limey, which if you're Australian, you're not a limey. That's not what that is. But but the, the what really ends up happening is where they break their rule, their racist rule that they only experiment on brown migrants is because he's just so jacked. Yeah, he's that like, they're like pecs and stuff. He's the perfect physical specimen for our experiment. Yeah, and the dude's all bo 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 Australian? So, bo -bo 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 -bo. so most of this going into this is very confused and um, the movie once he's captured the movie transitions 
into a sequence that should be the end of the movie. Right. It begins with a chase sequence that's bigger than the climax of most movies from the 90s. Yeah. That's how the movie starts. It's true. And for the climax of the movie, it feels like they stole it from a little movie called Commando. You yeah, might have seen it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It includes Fight in the Shopping Mall. Oh, yeah. And Swing from a String of Balloons. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. I mean, they, and the best part about the Fight in the Shopping Mall is that they clearly, you know, they rented out their shopping mall, but they didn't have enough uh PAs on set to cover up the signs of actual stores not even just that that who cares about that to get the fucking crowd so there are multiple <laughs> scenes where people are just casually watching and they try to blur out the background so you can't see them yeah but you can see them you and you're can like, see them yeah, yeah yeah my man is firing a shotgun <laughs> what shoppers like yo what's going on now and, you know like, they're, oh, in, they're, in a suburban, the easy pickings, yeah. they're in a suburban LA mall Dude. who's like yo are they shooting shotguns down there let me watch what's going on <laughs> the down funniest there? shit about it is though in the final sequence my man is surrounded by cops and they all want a piece of him but they can't kill him and like they're Make it look like an accident, right? And uh, he's just kicking motherfuckers through windows. It's like they got in a fight in a window store. So he's just like he's busting just people, smashing, smashing through I windows. Mean, this is the thing, right? He was already, I guess, we're supposed to know a, a good fighter or something, though they never really get into why. Oh my and God. And then they give him the jacked up juice, but the whole sequence where they're. <laughs> give him the juice that makes him so powerful uh-huh. they don't really show it to you no. so you just see him kicking ass in the lab and yeah. you just have to go i guess they gave him the soldier <laughs> serum or whatever the fuck they, they must have given it to him yeah and the only reason you even know later is because he breaks into someone's house so he can eat their leftovers yeah and he's eating like a chicken leg while and, they're and having like s&m sex yeah, upstairs. Right, it's a dominatrix <laughs> and her submissive why are they even in the movie there's it's no so reason weird. and he's drinking milk and tomato juice and eating oh my god it's mag it's let's, so let's, wild let's back on up yeah right right so back on. so so he this is a th- classic 90s like martial arts like they're the fighting in this movie is not white people action movie fighting you know no no I'm it's just, i'm just punching these people out it's, it's definitely martial fun. arts it's kind of white guy martial arts but like american still, ninja martial arts yeah, but yeah, yeah it's still martial art it's still fighting and some of it not all of it but some of it is pretty good for what it is yeah but then it's like why just have martial arts when you can have uzis and explosions and whatever <laughs> There's so many uzis in this movie it's like they gave cops uzis it's, when did that happen well and and uh, so the things about this movie that are really appealing to me one the fact that they are so unconcerned with the plot. They're like, look, we set it up, guys. They experiment on brown people. They experiment on one white guy. And because you're all probably naturally racist, you realize that that one experiment on that one white guy was enough to bring down the whole program. Yeah, and it's going to make the they've ultimate they've experimented super at this point on hundreds of brown folks right. from south of the border. None of them were powerful enough to even no. to even fight anyone. To even get away. This one white dude beats up the entire lab. Just fucking <laughs> destroys them. And then whatever they throw in his way. I will say it had the one mistake of the whole movie, my man is basically invincible. Like he right. never gets injured. He, he never, never gets shot. Fight. Yeah. Then in this one sequence at a merry-go-round, the guy who is the head of the program and we have no reason to believe is good at anything. Or fighting. He shoots him. Yeah. And you're like... Why didn't anyone else shoot him? <laughs> I don't understand why he gets to shoot him. And, and everybody has dudes, guns in this dudes movie. Dudes with machine guns who are trained marksmen, they can't get a beat on this motherfucker. Nah. But this one dude is like, well, we're in a slow motion sequence, so that means I can shoot yeah, him. And I'm the leader of the operation, so clearly I must be the best marksman of us all. Now, the down parts of the movie are, it's not just this like, okay, so what's going on in the movie is, again, it's a little racist, but it's not too bad. 
but it's like a real anti-government, anti-cop thing that's yeah. kind of fun. Like, all you can't trust any of these fuckers. Yeah, that they're and all bad. This activist reporter gets a bead on the story and decides immediately that this dude. Now, he's decided this dude is innocent. Let's be clear. My man is innocent because of what they were doing to him. What they accuse him of, he does. He kills a lot of cops <laughs> immediately. Not like they pushed him too far and he had to kill a cop. No, he's like killing cops out, left and right. Out the yeah. gate, cops, soldiers, scientists, <laughs> anyone in his way, he's murdering immediately. <laughs> so technically what the reporter thinks is true, he's an innocent man being railroaded. It's not true at all. He's yeah, done he's everything doing the things that's on the news. The difference yeah. is all these people are corrupt and they're doing this horrible. But the reporter doesn't find that out for a long time. Yeah, so not till like the end of the movie when that's kind of weird. The camera, yeah. But there's all these like behind the scene politics. Like it does a good job of going from Australian guy kicking ass to reporter guy trying talking to, find to politicians yeah. or talking about it. that. That balance is good, but. It's only good in the in the screen time given. Mm-hmm. The stuff with the reporter that isn't the reporter talking to the camera woman, mm-hmm. like it's not that interesting. Like no, for sure. You don't need the whole appeal of this movie is that the plot doesn't matter. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or not the plot uh, the backstory. The backstory the narrative doesn't really matter. The backstory doesn't matter. We just know, okay, the government in some form, not the actual whole government, but some part of the government did this guy wrong. Mm-hmm. So now he's going to get fucking revenge. And it's a very 90s thing. If you think about it, like this is 1995. So Clinton's in office. Right. And everyone is trying to convince themselves that all the things they know are bad about the government were Reagan. Right. And But not, now that Clinton's in charge, we yeah. can trust the government again. And that's like the vibe of this movie. Like, yes, there are nefarious government organizations but they're outliers and if you can help the government see that they're wrong then they'll be on your side because eventually right, he's saved good yeah by the governor which by the way if you if the governor calls someone in, it's are these guys cia fbi whatever <laughs> the governor calls anyone working for the federal government and says don't kill that dude they're like who are you again i don't give a fuck <laughs> i work for the federal government you don't matter don't kill that dude yeah <laughs> i mean that's oh, literally man. the governor's just like I need you guys not to murder him. That's okay. <laughs> and only one agent is like, yeah, I guess we shouldn't murder him. I yeah, the black dude stands up to the man with his shotgun. Is like, you will not murder him, sir. So, so those are all positives. I uh, of the I like all those things about it, like this government thing, the action uh-huh. stuff. But like, they really needed to leave some of that plot behind because they some try to. So weird. They try to make it convoluted and interesting and Mm -hmm. it's a failure they don't do it yeah yeah, the part where he's hanging off the side of the building by his fingertips for 20 minutes i don't fucking know they're like shooting their guns all over the place like bullet holes and they just can't shoot him no one can get a beat on this guy because he's he's australian yeah and he's falling into like the window wiper thing and oh my god all of the action stuff is out of control ridiculous i mean okay guys so one of the my favorite bad characters in the movie is this immigration guy whose name is, what is his name in the movie? Washington or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's this fat blonde dude who's the worst. He's a <laughs> yeah. fucking, literally, they're in. They're clearly in Southern California. This guy has been shipped in from Alabama. He's got the accent. <laughs> he's a sweaty, fat, blonde man. He's just like, are we going to get this foreign guy? <laughs> he's the worst. And at a certain point, he just decides he's going to play. This dude has stole, so the Australian man is part of his escape. Yeah. He, he hitchhiked gets in a truck then he kicks out the truck driver and he's just driving this truck down the highway trying to get away right this fucking now keep in mind the truck has a huge tanker of presumable fuel 
on it. It's yeah. a it's a fuel it's truck. It's a bad it's a bad choice for a getaway vehicle. Right, for sure, for sure. Where people are shooting at you. <laughs> and he's coming down the highway crazy fast. This fucking redneck guy who somehow found himself in Southern California just decides he's going to play chicken. Yeah. And then he sees our character get out of the truck. So the dude just sets up the truck so it'll keep accelerating. Uh-huh. Sees him get out of the truck and get on the roof and instead of going well, that's weird. <laughs> he just goes. He for just it. is like, well, I guess we're just gonna ram into each other. <laughs> and our Australian friend just jumps, just jumps from his truck and does a it, forward roll as it head collides into the school bus. <laughs> they both explode, and he just lands. And then my favorite shot is the shot of him landing, which is like a shot of him landing on the on the on the asphalt where he's clearly jumped from maybe two feet off right. the ground. Not the top of a truck that's the about to they, careen into a school bus. And the way they create the effect that something has happened that he's jumping away from, they just throw some dirt on the ground. <laughs> Do you notice that? Yeah. They just were like dirt. <laughs> I was like, where'd the fucking dirt come from? It should have been glass or metal or something. <laughs> or wind. Yeah, they yeah, just yeah, throw yeah. dirt on the ground. They're oh like, yep, my God. there's an explosion. And dude, also let's talk about the fact that in the movie, yeah. our main character is a Second grade school teacher. Yeah. He is He's great with kids. Dude, he is weapon dressed. Of, weapon of death, great with kids. <laughs> he is dressed like he's cosplaying Arnold Schwarzenegger in the movie where he plays kindergarten cop or whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, I my God. You're thinking of kindergarten cop. Yeah. It is. Ah, oh, it's perfect. It's perfect. I mean, look, the appeal of these movies is the idea that with not a lot of budget, they're able to pull off a, a fairly dynamic action experience that, for whatever reason, is not too concerned with things like story, Characters. logic, character. Yeah. It's just yeah. fun. Again, he happens to go to a house in which there is a dominatrix doing dominatrix stuff with her submissive man. Right. And she's, of course, because this is how Hollywood logic works, she's a giant woman. <laughs> So she can also fight our Australian friend. Who is Jack Diesel from Super Serum Soldier stuff. Yeah, but but she can fight him because she, yeah, she's yeah, a yeah. big old woman. Right. And then her little friend keeps jumping on his back. And stuff. <laughs> what? Uh, the, the, then there's this whole thing. Like Part of what this motivating thing is, as we, as we said, he was dropping off his daughter. So there's all this family stuff right. with his wife and his cute little daughter who could not be more 90s. The headband with curly hair uh, thing. Yeah. And it's just, she's just all, oh, daddy. <laughs> and that's like part of the whole movie. It's just that, oh, are they going to hurt daddy? It's like, oh my God. Like, I'm compelled enough by him trying to stay alive. Yeah. The All of the smart, no, I say smart, but that's not what I mean. All um, of like the, the weirdo. Saccharine family stuff. Yeah, saccharine detritus that's in this movie. Yeah. Unnecessary. 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 Just have him kicking ass. Yeah, just have this Australian dude, you know, just fucking crocodile dundeeing his way through the cops. No matter what they do, he's going to kung fu kick out of it. He just kicks. (laughs) It's so good. It's so so crazy. Yeah, yeah, So, I I mean, yeah, if you're someone who likes your action to be a little cerebral and intellectual. Not the thing. This is not for fucking Not for you, yeah. No. This is not. (laughs) I mean, don't be wrong. This is perfect for us because we've been doing a couple of artsy episodes recently. Yeah. And you know, Lady I'm, Snowblood, this is not, you no, know. No, definitely. Yeah, not. yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is, so here's the thing, right? Like, growing up, my dad fancies himself as an artisan, artisan, right? Because, you know, he is ballet experience and, you know, he danced in front of people and all this other stuff. And uh, so when we were growing up, he used to talk about how, like, you know, 
action movies like this aren't exactly our thing. Yeah. You know, we watch movies like The Lion in Winter and like, you know, Singing in the Rain and West Side Story and like other like hoity-toity movies. This movie to me then, it made movies like this absolutely like mesmerizing because it's like it's like from another world yeah you're like oh man we were just watching gene kelly tap dance but now i'm watching some guy kick some guy and for me as a kid watching movies from rx place with my crappy movie posse this was the shit not that i saw these movies then but i saw enough movies like this back then yeah that i was like yo action movies are my thing. I fucking love action movies. I mean, there's definitely some... What's great about it is it's fun and exciting. Yeah. But then you can make fun of it in a way without hating it. Like, right. You could make fun of it in a way that was like, I'm better than this. Yeah. But like, you can enjoy it and still be like, why does no one know how to duck? <laughs> how come he can't get shot? All the people shooting guns in this movie are like, the way you shoot a gun. When is. there's someone right in front of you. With they went to like the Cobra from G.I. Joe shooting you just stand, Academy. You just stand there shooting. And then when you get shot, it's like, oh, my God, I've been shot. <laughs> like These guys are shooting back at us and I they're hiding. I, I can't believe I got shot. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is going on? So there's stuff like that that's like, but if you, I don't know what kind of person you have to be to watch a movie like this and be like, I would have liked it, but the you know they weren't having proper combat stance. Yeah, but the plot was not It almost liking. gets to the point where you watch movies that do have a more real, and you're like, why do you care that they're recreating the real? You know, yeah, it's just fun, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't. I, I, I will say, um, I thought the overall way it ended mm-hmm. was a little ridiculous, as I sort of suggested. Why is this one dude? I get emotionally. He's the villain of the movie. It's right, this agent who just is like bad. Yeah, he's a bad dude. Yeah, I get that. Okay, I'm with you. Why does he get to fight? Why does he get to get the bead on our man after he's like Eluded. federal, yeah, local entire armies. army? No one can <laughs> fuck with this dude. But then this one guy gets to fuck with him just because he's an asshole like that. Yeah, because he's the head asshole. I get that that feels dramatic. And that's probably why people do that in these movies. Yeah. But it is one of those things where I'm kind of like, you know, they should have just. What would have been cooler to me is like, well, we have. The super soldier thing worked out with another guy. Yeah, so let's like, put a super let's soldier. Bring this Latinx dude in who yeah. actually worked, yeah, and yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah. do the thing. It's like when Ben. There's Giz- also the ob- obligatory scene where he fights in a video store. By the way, that uh, was great. So good. Yeah. That's what he's busting through the windows. You'd think it was a window store, and all the posters and stuff in the background. <laughs> it's you know, so you're like, awesome. Yeah, it's like when uh, that speaking to like the main guy being like the the baddest dude yeah it's like when ben gazzara in roadhouse is the one guy who can take it to our man patrick swayze who's been kicking his way through all of the other dudes and bouncers in this movie and then he has to take down the main dude and it's ben gazzara and he's the one who knows how to fight patrick swayze no no no, 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 no. the worst example of this right for me even though it's a modern movie. Okay. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Right. Tom Cruise in a car park fights this Michael Nyquist guy. <laughs> Who's like the mastermind. He's of... the mastermind. Yeah. But and they that... have a brutal fight. But Tom Cruise has already beaten up whole armies. He fights planes. Yeah. So why like... is he fighting this dude who like. Who by rights. He... So this dude's a mastermind. But then he also lifts weights and knows how to be a. He doesn't humorous. look like he knows how to do. Yeah. This, is, the, this, is, also, this is also the thing. I'm sure that in the real world. Michael Nyquist and Tom Cruise are actually the same age. Right. But the way they look, 
No, they don't look. You the don't same look at those thing. two and go, "Oh, that's an equal fight." You yeah, go, that'll be. Why yeah. is that young man Tom Cruise <laughs> trying to beat up almost elderly Michael Nyquist? <laughs> it's just, it just, it just felt like right. If if the Mission Impossible movies are movie are superhero movies, right? He's a kind of superhero, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't wear a cape or whatever. He's a guy who is the compelling part of the movie is that he can't be stopped, and even if he can be stopped, he'll find a way around right. whatever it is he because he is Ethan, right? So then he's in a fucking garage <laughs> with 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 mastermind dude, and that dude's just like fuck you, Ethan, bam, bam, bam. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. The so only way it would work is if that guy had some sort of like he poisoned Ethan, or he had some type of exoskeleton that made him thank you, yeah, yeah, that weird made him weapon or something. Fighting. Yeah, 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 nothing like that. So happens. we say that to say that our Australian protagonist in the movie Rage. <laughs> <laughs> Same scenario with his uh, nemesis, who's like the mastermind cop guy. Yeah, there's no reason for it. But that again, that is a it is a critique I only bring up because it's a theme of these kinds of movies. Uh-huh. And even when I was a kid, I remember being like, "Why is there's this no way. fight?" I don't yeah, understand you're like, why, why is Ben Gazzara able to makes, beat up Patrick Swayze at the end of Roadhouse? It makes more sense <laughs> in a movie like a. This would happen sometimes in Jackie Chan movies, okay. where a guy you've never seen before shows up, but he's just big, and you're like, "Oh, now Jackie Chan has to fight that big guy." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. I've never seen that guy before. That it doesn't matter. Big. He's got a character. Yeah, I get it. He's a big dude. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> the fact that it's like, well, you've seen me acting and being mean the whole movie, but guess what? <laughs> I can also fight. You're like, no, you can't. That doesn't yeah, work. It's just weird. It would be weird if you could. Is all. The only time it works in a way that I think is really funny uh-huh. is something we mentioned earlier. Only the strong. When the gang leader's like, oh, you know Capoeira, motherfucker? Yeah. Guess what? I know Capoeira, too. <laughs> and he says the great line, we will see who is the true Capoeira maestro. Oh, my God. And then the singing, Bono Bareba. That thing. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> Dude, how have we not talked about that movie on this show yet? That movie oh, is we'll do it. fucking genius. But I anyway, mean, it's really bad. But oh it's yeah, it's really, really <laughs> bad. Yeah, it's so good though. Just because oh, Capoeira, man. Yeah, man. Mark the closest man. Take it from a guy who did a semester of Capoeira. You didn't do a semester of Capoeira. You know I fucking did. Yeah, I know. Jeff Pelly knows too. There's, Just saying. There's nothing tough about <laughs> Capoeira. <laughs> it's fun. It's interesting. Yeah. And I will say for those of you out there trying to improve your mosh, if you're a young, <laughs> if you're a young dude thinking, how do I get these real good mosh skills? Capoeira. Capoeira will help with that. <laughs> but you know what you know what would actually help with that? Muay Thai too. And yeah. In Muay Thai you actually learn how to beep someone up. <laughs> Capoeira, you just learn how to move your hips how really to well. Dance really good. It's sexy dance fighting. <laughs> All right, that's probably <laughs> we've probably done enough on these movies. Here's the thing, y'all. <sighs> the reason we're talking about this is not just we, we keep saying Rob Scarlet, which is true. But the reason that Rob posted about it is because they just added a bunch of these movies to Amazon. Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. For free. Y'all. Get on there. Look up some of these movies. Check them out. I can recommend Rage for sure. Yeah. Uh, and It feels I think a little bit difficult about recommending uh, A Dangerous Place. But I will say there is a scene in A Dangerous Place, something yeah. I forgot to mention when we were talking about it, when our main karate kid in the mm-hmm. movie goes, oh, yeah, high school is a dangerous place. <laughs> it's fucking <laughs> it's crazy. It's so great. It's so Oh, my control. goodness. Everything about that movie is, is kind of jaw-dropping and wonderful. So, but it's just not again. It's just not quite the frenetic insanity that Rage is, which right? I think for sure, I was more on board with, right? Even though, again, uh, what is happening in Rage? I don't know. Um, side note: This is also great for those of you, and I know there's not a lot of you, but there are some. You just love weird LA movies. Like, mm. there's a lot of movies that are made in LA just because it's easier. 
this these movies are so LA. They're, they're just so LA. Yeah. You just can't get away. There's I mean, palm trees even and if beaches. Not in the main part of the city, you know, like, okay, this is where they are. They're in Orange County or whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. just a very ca- 90s California thing to these movies that I, I highly recommend. It was very confusing to me as a kid because any movie from the 90s that was shot in California, mm-hmm. open air lunchrooms. Right. Yeah. As a kid and from the Northeast, every time I'm like, where are the fucking walls? <laughs> They're outside. What happens? Where what, are what, what are these gigantic neon-encrusted high school palaces? Oh, it's no spe- neon. Especially the ones where the lockers are outside. Yeah. I'm always like, it's like, what? Are we in Hawaii? Doesn't it rain What's happening? sometimes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your yeah, stuff yeah. is going to get wet, my man. <laughs> it's so I don't good. understand. Yeah, these movies are great in the way that um, sheer terror albums are great. Oh, my God. They are good i would say but are they good i was gonna say in the way that excessive force <laughs> albums are great or maybe uh what's another band that i just like because it's br- i mean i will say rage is basically like the bulldoze demo <laughs> yeah it's basically what it is basically basically I'm into but that. it's like it's one of those things it's like you know have you ever had the discussion like what hardcore band can you think of that has put out two good full lengths and i'm talking about traditional hardcore name one Two good full-lengths. Mm-hmm. I'll wait. No, no, no. I'm thinking about it. Well, uh, how about Youth of Today? Okay. I'll give you that. I don't agree. I actually don't like Youth of Today. But <laughs> Me neither, I but they a, have at least more a, than one full-length. But okay. If you like Youth of Today... That's good. You, you probably like both full-lengths. And I, I'll give you Sick of It All. Sick of It All clearly... Has um, had more than one good album. I don't know if... Anyone who knows Sick of It All listens to this, or if anyone from Sick of It All listens to this, but to me, Sick of It All is still the most successful hardcore band. I would agree to that. Because they've put out more records that are good and have not yet put out a record that I thought. Like the Metal Warzone record, or like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then after that. Well, I, now I'm not counting like Quicksand, because I don't cr- consider them traditional hardcore. Well, I actually think Agnostic Front. Okay, I'll give and you that fact, too. If you like later Agnostic Front, this is what's crazy. Agnostic Front has been reunited uh-huh. more years now than they were originally together. <laughs> right, and they so put you're out getting... so many records. Right. So if you like that style that they are now, which is more the like riot, a, riot upstart, a heavy oi thing, then you probably think they're the best hardcore band of all time because <laughs> their records are. If you like that style, they've been consistent. Right. Whereas, like, I would say the issue that we run into more from our era is actually more like metalcore bands because like you might have that one record that hits the right note. Yeah. But the chances that your next records are good are very, very slim. slim. Exactly. No good hardcore band has put out two consecutive or two good full lengths since that golden New York era. I don't know that I'm convinced of that, but I'll think about I'll it. Think about it. I'll but then about but it. then again you get the sheer terror to me, which is the the, the penultimate okay. example of like, well, all the records are kind of bad. But that's what makes all the records kind of great. You know what I mean? Like, I'll so, think about that. And that's how I see these PM Entertainment movies. Like, yeah, they're all kind of bad, but they're all kind of great. I, I, I think if someone wants to dive in with PM, PM Entertainment, I do not want to give the idea that you're going to get the same thing every time. I do think that there are more successful ones uh-huh. and least successful ones. Right, right, right. But, but I think if you like this style, I don't think it's a waste of time to check it out. No, for sure. And it's definitely a good party movie. Oh, 100%. <laughs> hey, so uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, good show. Uh, check us out on social networks. On we're the on, interwebs. We're on the Twitter. 
We're on the Facebook. We're on the Instagram. All Cinepunks. Yeah. That's with an X in case you, for some reason, don't know. <laughs> um, please do us a favor. Check out some of the other shows on the network. Uh, we got some new ones coming on. Yeah. We but, got uh, the flight stuff. Liam's new podcast uh, yeah, about true. Alpha Flight. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty awesome. I don't like self-promoting. But you should definitely check <laughs> it out. I just promoted for you. Did I you like see that? that? You're that. welcome. Uh, it's only one episode right now, but we are It's a good soon. episode, though. It's uh, big up to that. Doug and Adriana. Who are both amazing people, yep, and uh, who are really fun to listen to talk. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, and we'll, we'll have some more stuff coming soon, as well as writing on the site. I think I have a piece that might have gone up today. I don't know. I'm I've been recording, so I don't know what got. Yeah, posted, man. But. You know what, man? Your podcasts are my bands. I don't say that. What do you mean? You do podcasts the way I do bands a lot. Well. Yeah, but I feel like mine is actually sustainable. <laughs> yeah, mine is only good for three shows and six songs and one T-shirt. But I'm okay with that. So, um, you know. so anyways, uh, please check out other stuff on the network. Check out the site. There's writing on the site. If you're interested in writing for the site, Cinepunks at Gmail. Uh, check out the Patreon. But above all else, just tell people about us. Like We've definitely reached the limits of telling our friends. Right. And yeah. in fact... Some of our friends don't listen anymore. So <laughs> at this point, if we're going to continue to grow and and have an impact and maybe become even more stable and more reliable as a source for, for fun stuff to listen to, we need new people. and uh, Fresh blood, as they call it. And uh, me posting it to my friends is not going to work. So <laughs> Yeah, I mean, me neither. We need, we need you all to, ch- to tell your friends to check it out. And, uh, you know, I don't know. When I post it to my friends, it's all the same people that see Liam's feed, so it's kind of <laughs> moot true. point. Yeah, true. so yeah. what are you going to do? Also, we have to make new friends. Right. I think that's what it comes down to. We're really fun. We're really, <laughs> really fun. All right. Hey, uh, thanks for listening. See you later. Laters. You're not going to do your smoke bomb? No, I haven't done it. That's my new resolution for 2019. No more smoke, no bomb? more smoke bombs. Oh, that's sick. You're welcome, right, Liam bye. and the world.